Welcome everybody to the Wiregrass High School Football Report brought to you by the radio people. This is your weekly look at high school football in the Wiregrass. I am your host, Philip Jordan, the in-studio host and producer for Dothan Woods Football on 96.9 The Legend. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts or 969thelegend.com. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. Really means a lot. If you leave a review, I will read it on a future edition of the show. You can follow me on social media at PJordanSCC. You can always email me at sportstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com. we got a fun show planned for you guys today. Just because the regular season is now over does not mean this podcast ends. going to keep going as long as there's Wiregrass teams playing in the playoffs. Shortly, I will be joined by Josh Boutwell from the Southeast Sun. We'll be talking about the Enterprise Wildcats losing to Navarre this past Friday night and take an overall look on Enterprise on the season and look ahead to their playoff matchup with Theodore. Then after my conversation, with Josh, I will give you the schedule and the layout for this week's first round playoff games involving teams in the Wiregrass. But before we do all that, I'll let you guys hear about one of our great podcasts here at the Radio People. The Haunting of the Wiregrass is back with Season 2. Bethany, you can listen to every weekday from 10 to 2 on 16.7 KMX. Also interviews a guest in the Wiregrass area each week who have felt the presence of spirits. Halloween is upon us, which means it's time for scary ghost stories. But this time, it is ghost stories in the Wiregrass area. Her latest episode, Bethany interviews Becca Albertson, a listener here in the Wiregrass, who tells us about this haunted trailer park that is encountered by this very tall, possibly evil spirit. There's a new episode out every Friday. You can listen to The Haunting of the Wiregrass at WKMX.com or download it for free at Apple Podcasts. Everybody joining me this week on the Wiregrass High School Football Report is Josh Boutwell. He is the sports editor for the Southeast Sun covering Enterprise Wildcat football. And uh, Josh, I do appreciate it. Once again, you coming on the show. Uh, we joked on the air, uh, the team I cover is season's over with, but you still have a team to cover this season. Uh, yeah, one more to go. <laughs> uh, hey, hopefully it's more than that, you know, and we're, we're going to get into this. But I'm very high on this Enterprise team with everything they've done this season. Uh, but an uh, interesting game this past Friday night to close out the season. Uh, they did play uh, Navarre down there in Florida. Navarre's undefeated team so far in the state of Florida. Just uh, overall, what was your impressions and thoughts uh, going down there to Florida to cover Enterprise taking on Navarre? Uh, it was definitely different down there. Um, I think as far as for Enterprise, um, I don't think they were really overlooking Navarre, but I do I do feel like maybe there was a little bit of a hangover from that Auburn game previous week, and just not a lot went went right offensively. Um, they just could not stop the running game on defense either. Also, Navarre hit a couple big plays down the field that ended up being big. Um, so it was really just a all around. It was it was a rough game for those guys. Um, Navarre's. Um, the atmosphere the atmosphere was there pretty was pretty cool. Um there wasn't a lot of mask wearing going on down in Florida, so that was a little bit different. Um uh the the field was probably not something a seven A school is used to playing on. There was a lot of holes in the field. I say holes and I mean holes. Um it wasn't the best field, I'll say that. Um they are the Raiders, yet they have the Buccaneers logo. And they also, they also <laughs> had a, they identity crisis, huh? Identity crisis down there. <laughs> yeah. They also had a boat in the end zone that they had a little cannon on that they fired after a touchdown, which was just wanted me to throw wanted, wanted to make me throw myself off the bleachers at one point. So <laughs> <laughs> it was different down there. Wow. Uh, so with Navarre, and I don't think I said the score. Enterprise lose that game, forty-two to twenty-eight. 
what what equivalent classification would they be uh, within the state of Alabama if you wanted to go that route? Just kind of give everybody an idea how big or small the school Navari is. I believe it would be the equivalent of a five A. Okay. Yeah, I know they, they and we were talking about this off air. They played Andalusia the week before, which Andalusia won that game with some some controversy that we were talking about uh, before we uh, hit the record button here. But uh, enterprise wise, they jumped out seven to zero. It was seven to seven there at the end of the first quarter, but Navarre got a twenty one to seven lead. I know Enterprise did score another touchdown before halftime, but they went at twenty one unanswered points. Uh, what was going on there for Navarre to kind of take that lead against Enterprise on Friday night? The offense really just kind of bogged down, and um, a lot of it had to do with penalties. Um, the running game was nowhere near as effective as, as we've seen. Uh, I think they totaled 168 rushing yards, which is by far the lowest number of the year this year for for Enterprise. And, yeah, they just really couldn't get going, and the defense kept getting gashed in the running game. You know, there's there's some injuries on the defensive side right now, which is, is hurting as well. I think that was just really the big thing. Yeah, I know in the second half there, Navarre, once again, they got up 27-14. to 14, But then in the early in the fourth quarter, Enterprise came back 27-21. Then Navarre kind of put it away. Uh, how were they able to distance themselves from Enterprise there at the end of the fourth quarter? I, I, I kind of felt like when uh, Quentin Hayes threw a 70-yard touchdown pass to um, Jerry Smith, I kind of felt like maybe that was going to be the momentum swing there. And uh, that was going to kind of turn things around. But then on the very next drive, Dunbar just absolutely drove it right down their throats. I think it was like a nine-play drive. And that when you kind of felt the air kind of come out of Enterprise. Because then it puts Enterprise in a situation where now they're going to have to throw it on almost every down. And that's just not what they do. They want to they wanna set up the pass with the run. And now you're having to, to throw it on every down. They ended up turning over on downs. Navarre scored again. And that was just pretty much it. Enterprise did end up with, a, I believe, a 46-yard touchdown. And then they actually recovered the onside kick um, but couldn't score again, and Navarro was able to run the clock out. Yeah, and on the game for Enterprise, you know, really, really good game there for a quarterback, Quentin Hayes. Uh, had 17 touchdown passes on the year with the four. Of course, that's an Enterprise record. And uh, he, he really did, and we talked about this earlier in the year, I think after they had played Dothan or before they played Dothan, he really did add a different element to this offense this year for Enterprise, didn't he? Oh, without question. Um, his arm, is it just seems it's getting stronger. I think uh, Coach Darlington has said that he's probably the most accurate in terms of completion per- percentage quarterback that he's ever had, or at least one of them. Um, it, that, and that added dimension in the passing game, especially down the field, has 100% made a difference to this team. Also, in the way they use Josh McCray has also been real big. Yeah, he had uh, 72 rush yards and uh, 26 on receiving and two touchdowns in the game. Jared Smith, and, I, and I'm getting these stats from your from your article over at the Southeast Sun, big game there were seven receptions, 155, and two touchdowns. Uh, what have you seen out of him and just these receivers for Enterprise this year? And a big game for him there as well, like I said, against Navarro on, on Friday night. Yeah, I kind of think like uh, a big game for Jared was kind of just we are waiting for when that was going to happen. Um, he's had a good year, but it's there's not going to be many opportunities for someone like him to have a seven-catch game like he did this week. But uh, he's, w- w- without question, the fastest player on the team. And you see it. Uh, when he gets in the open field, It's you're pretty much done. Um, he's had two touchdown runs that have been uh, 50 and 70-yard runs. And he's had also had a ton of big plays in the passing game. Along with him, you got uh, Cole Hooper, who's made some big plays over the year. Um, while I had Darlington at tight end, he's made some big catches. 
And then Josh McCray, I just mentioned him, um, lining up at wing, lining up at receiver, tailback, fullback, everything. But uh, when Josh goes out, out wide, you have to put a corner on him because you try to cover him with a linebacker, which you would typically do, or maybe even a safety um, on a running back then you're going to get burnt without question. And a lot of times, uh, Ray Darlington has mentioned, you know, um, my guy's better than your guy out there, so I'm just going to throw it up to you, and that's just great coaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it, those guys have kind of made it easier on Quentin coming into his first year to have a lot of really great playmakers. And I didn't even mention uh, Jamari Bayaban, who's uh, been hurt a lot of the year. And then also Sam Whitaker has made some plays. So they have a lot of really good skill players that have helped out Quentin over the, his first year starting. You know, when you look at this team, this was year two uh, with Rick Darlington. Of course, they made the playoffs last year, lost the first round to a Miguel Tulin, which you want to worry about Miguel Tulin there in 6A uh, this year. So they're, they're not they're not a problem for anybody in 7A. But 7-3, and 4-2 in region play this year, finished fourth. And I'll tell you what, and I was talking to people last week and looking at the Auburn matchup uh, a couple weeks ago, what I mean. I felt like they could beat Auburn and – they did because look, and me and you talked about this all fair. They very well could have beat Prattville, had two 14 point leads in that game. The Central Phoenix City game could have gone completely different if it wasn't for some turnovers uh, when Enterprise was moving the ball. So, this team here, I look at them going into the playoffs and the year they've had. I think this is a very dangerous Enterprise team for whoever who plays them. They have Theodore in the first round, but I, I see this Enterprise team as one that can knock some folks off uh, throughout these playoffs. I would 100%. 100% agree with that. Um, this is this is a def, definitely a, a much different team than we've seen over the last several years. I think they started to turn the corner last year, probably around that league game. Um, like you mentioned, I, personally, I believe they should have beat Prattville. That was just that was a lot of things that went against them, and just kind of not something we've seen a lot from them this year. The Central game, they were out there. The turnovers were huge. But if they're able to control the game like we know that they can and we've seen from them this year, I honestly, personally, I believe they can play with anybody in the state. And that's including Theodore. That's including Thompson, Hoover, whoever. They've proven that they can beat the best of the best because they beat Auburn. Um, and it does take breaks. It, it always does when you're not talent-wise. You don't match up quite as well with some of those other teams. But these guys have a ton of heart. And uh, I think – if you if you look at them, look at the game this past week and you think ah well they're going to go in there and they're not going to be able to knock anybody off you're going to be sadly mistaken. Yeah, and you know coming off that Auburn game, I mean you're obviously coming off a big high there because from what I could tell, because look most Friday nights I'm in the studio producing the Dothan Wolves football games, I have the Enterprise game going on my iPad, and you know I'm kind of glancing over. So I'm, I mean I'm not watching it as intensely as you. You're there covering it. But it felt like Auburn came into that game trying to win. It's not like, hey, we've got the region wrapped up. We're just going to, you know, sit back and relax. So and I feel like that game is what's really going to help Enterprise in the playoffs. The Navarre game, you know, you went down to Florida, and we kind of talked about maybe not the best conditions down there with the field. But coming off that Auburn win, you're off a big high. So, you know, you can almost understand why maybe there could be a little bit of letdown with Navarre. But going to the playoffs, that Auburn game is where I think this team just needs to look back and say, hey, this was this is one of the best teams in seven A in Auburn. We beat them, and uh, we can you know, like we just said here, kind of repeat myself here, but we can beat anybody in these playoffs when we play our game. Yeah, and, and you mentioned that you got to got to play your game, and I think that's the big thing: is controlling the clock with the running game, setting it up, getting the big shots down the field when you have those opportunities, and 
uh, defensive coordinator Jay Kennedy, he said, you know, if they want to six and seven yard us to death, then let them, then so be it. But we cannot let them have the shots over the top, which we've seen in the past. And I think with Auburn, the big thing they wanted to do was kind of spread enterprise out because that middle of the defense is a lot smaller. And when you're bigger, you can kind of control it there and then try to take the shots over the top. But they were able to play well in the run of game, fit their gaps, which is a big thing, make tackles in the open field, and they didn't let the receivers get behind them. And that's going to be a big thing in, in the, um, against Theodore. And also with Theodore, um, there's a little bit of a re- revenge factor there with Theodore after what happened last year and wanting to try to get that win back. So I think it's going to add a little bit of mustard to this game, not just it being a playoff game too. Yeah, all time between these two is three and three, three piece there. And like I said, Enterprise won twenty eight to twenty seven last year. Uh, Theodore on the season, they are nine and one. They've won nine games in a row. Their only loss was their opener to Sarah Land, uh, who's in six A. On the year two, some kind of stats here. Theodore's averaging thirty three point seven points per game. Defensively, they're only giving up thirteen and do have uh, three shutouts. And I kind of get you everybody know, and then I'll let Josh talk. <laughs> Eric Collier, the head coach, is in his eighth year there at Theodore. They are zero and four in postseason play up under him. And the winner will play Central Phoenix City or Fairhope. So just uh, you hear me say all that, Josh. A lot of talking, a lot of numbers, a lot of stats, facts, and stuff. Uh, with this game coming up, you remember you mentioned the revenge factor, maybe on the Theodore side. Uh, anything else with this matchup, Theodore, kind of jumps out out to you? Controlling the clock—that's the big thing. That's the really not controlling the clock and turning the ball over. Enterprise has done an excellent job, really, over the last three weeks of not turning the ball over, especially with fumbles. They did have the interception last week, but they've done a good job of not uh, not turning the ball over, controlling the clock, eating up yardage having long drives and I think that's gonna be big for the offensive side of the ball. And then on defense also keep turn keep forcing turnovers. That's another thing. The turnovers forced over the last few weeks have uh have gone up for Enterprise. And also not giving up the big play. That's the big thing. Can't give up the big play with Theodore or it's gonna be a long night. And you know if they do win this game, they coaches and players would never say it. They're just happy to play who's ever playing next. But you would have to imagine Enterprise, the coaches and the players a little bit would like to see Central Phoenix City again. Oh, I don't think there's any question at all. <laughs> I don't think Central wants to see Enterprise again, if you want me to be perfectly honest. I don't think they want that at all. I don't think they feel like they would want to see what Coach Donaldson would cook up in the second game. But um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that one. But, uh, yeah, def- sure, Enterprise, I think, would would want to see them again and see what they could do maybe in a, in a sequel. <laughs> You know, this year at Enterprise, I'll tell you what's been impressive to me. Of course, 2020, this season's all craziness. I mean, the team, I, you know, I'm part of broadcast team for Dothan, had their year kind of turned upside down. A lot of starts and stops with the season beginning with Dothan and then the middle of the season with Cairo. And even Hurricane Sally had an impact, I think, with the practical game middle of the year where Dothan could practice that week. Of course, practical could because it didn't really hit there. But with Enterprise, very impressive. You know, on their end, they haven't had any, you know, enough COVID cases where they've had to reshuffle a game on their side of things. So very impressive just how this team, uh, this program in the school has handled all the craziness of 2020. Without question, yeah. Um, and and Arlington has said over and over, we just want to play. We just want to play. We'll go wherever we have to go to play. We'll do whatever we have to do to play. And I would say that out of anybody in the state, I don't know if there's anyone that's <clears throat> taking the precautions as seriously with some of the things they've done at practice to make sure guys aren't 
guys are distancing when they're not on the field against each other, making sure guys are wearing masks, making sure guys are doing temperature temperature checks going into the field house, everything they do. I've done stories on it. Um, yeah, so you got definitely have to tip your hat to them. Also, finding games when other teams have canceled. They don't take it for it. They want to play the game. So it's, it, 2020 is such a weird year, but Enterprise has tried to make it as normal as possible in terms of actually getting the games and having the games. Yeah, and, and I know this year, you know, any year, over there at Southeast Sun, uh, Enterprise is not the only team in y'all's coverage area, but the only team in your coverage area that is making the playoffs. I mean, we're used to seeing these teams. You mentioned it before we hit the record button. Delville, New Broughton, and Elba are usually playoff teams. And when you look at Elba's record at 6-4, and four, you're just, wow, wow, that should be a playoff team. But they finished fifth in 2A Region 2. Delville went one and nine. New Brockton went one and seven. Just a kind of overall, just the other teams in your coverage area. Just uh, any thoughts about those teams uh, going forward into twenty twenty one? For for Delville, I definitely just kind of and New Brockton. I feel bad for both of those teams. Um, seasons ending prematurely. Um, New Brockton just had such a rough year with having games canceled. They beginning of the year, two weeks they were quarantined, um, and that was kind of time anyway where people are still not so sure about regu- uh, what rules you have to follow. Does, if one player gets it, does everybody have to be quarantined? It was, it was kind of a weird time and it just I don't know, I kind of feel like they never kind of bounced back from that. Um, Daleville is so young, just not just no depth at all. Um, but really, then the wild thing about them was that last game against Northside Methodist, they 100% played their best game since Aaron McKenzie had a huge game for them that week. And I think they were kind of hungry wanting to go against Providence and a really good team and see if maybe they could try to get a win on the field. Um, so just uh, 2020, weird year. That's all I can say about it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, hopefully all those teams can, uh, you know, we'll be able to bounce back because, like I said, those are teams we're used to seeing in the playoffs. So uh, it'd be interesting. It's just, and I'm telling you, it's just, you know, you see Elba in six and four and they don't make the playoffs. But I guess that's a testament to how good that region is in 2A region two. When you got Abbeville, GW Long, Geneva County, and Ayrton, you know, I've had uh, Coach Stewart from Abbeville and uh, Coach Jim Ball Stripling from Geneva County on the show a couple times this year. And they always talk about how, how tough that region is. I guess that's just a testament how good it was this year. That Elba is in that region and they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's another part of it. All three of those teams you mentioned are moving up. This is their first year in a, in a new region. I mean, uh, a new classification with New Brighton and Devil jumping up to 3A and, and Elba jumping up to 2A. And that region Elba's in is, is the region that Delville left. So, yeah, very tough. And it didn't get any easier adding Elba to that group. But uh, I think you'll probably see both the all three of those teams kind of work their way into things in the next couple of years. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, just thinking that Delville made the playoffs in that region last year. Uh, that shows yeah. how t- – yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a t- that's a tough deal uh, in 2A region, too, without a doubt. Uh, well, Josh, so we've kind of got done with the high school football stuff a little bit. But before I let you go, we still have a few minutes left here. Are you up for five questions? Right, let's do it. It's the who, what, where, when, why, and how. Let's find out what's on the mind of today's guest with five questions. All right, question number one. And I asked this to coaches throughout the year when I have them on and did this last year too as well. I want to get the, uh, the journalist out of things. But uh, what does the term – Friday night football mean to you? Excitement. That's I, I give you one word. It would be excitement. It's just you kind of get chills as the uh, and when the fall starts to come around and the leaves start to change a little bit, the weather starts to change a little bit. 
and you start thinking about that uh the smell of that the, that turf it's just exciting to um and this year's been a little different because it's it's not had the same feel, I would think, but God, we just got to be thankful that we were able to get out there anyway at all. But yeah, just finding that last excitement for me. All right. Number two, this may cause some controversy. Uh, Friday Night Lights, the movie or the TV show? Ooh. Oh my gosh. I would rather you ask me a political question than this one. <laughs> um, oh man, I love both of them. I got to go with the movie, honestly. Okay. I love the TV show. The movie's a classic. I, I will go ahead and throw mine out there to add to the controversy. I'm actually more of a fan of the TV show. So there you go. All right. Uh, number three, uh, next two questions that we're just coming off Halloween weekend, so they're going to be Halloween themed. Uh, best scary movie out there, or I guess your favorite scary movie is probably the better way to answer that. Ooh, what's another one? Um, I bring it, man. I bring it. <laughs> <laughs> if you ask me this, you could probably ask me this six times during the year, and I'll probably give you six different answers. Uh, I'm probably going to go with Pumpkinhead right now. I just watched it. It's, it's always been one of my favorite movies since I was like, it terrified me when I was a kid. And now I just love the uh, the 80s monster movies and everything like that. So I, I, I got to go with Pumpkinhead. All right. And I'll, I'll give my two cents on number four when you answer uh, Best Halloween Candy. It's not going to be candy corn, so you can go. People can get that out of their head. <laughs> uh, here you go, Reese cups. I, I agree. That's my. I know when I was a kid going trick or treat, that was my number one. I, that's what I looked in my bag. See, what did I have? Did I? How many of those things did I have in my bag? So we are in agreement on that one. That is uh, number one. Now the last one. Now I know you were the Southeast Sun, so if this is a question you cannot answer. I will uh, change it up a little bit. But, because I don't know what sponsors wise, but best locally owned restaurant in Enterprise. Mmm. Man, there's some good ones. Locally owned though. So that that's gonna cut it down a little bit. Um Or let me let me rephrase that question because then I don't want to single, you know, say that that's the only good place to go to. I'm sure there's plenty let's rephrase that too. Like if for someone that's visiting Enterprise and they're listening to this and they're driving through Maybe what are some good places to go to that are locally owned? You know, you got you got your your big chain restaurants stuff like that. But I'm always interested in locally owned, you know, restaurants. So that, I guess kind of go with that route instead of just kind of just singling out just one. Uh, just you know, some places or uh, or you can name just one, whatever way you want to go with that question. I'm, I'm gonna throw a couple out here, and there's one that if I do not mention, people are going to want me to be lynched. Um, Annie's Cafe. Everyone says they've got the best burgers. Um, but you got to go to Cuts, man. You got to go to Cuts to get that a buffet. Oh, it's terrific. Um, also, if I don't mention this one, Rick Darlington might might want me to run out of town. Uh, the Good to Go. If anyone has never had the Good to Go, uh, people around here will they will die for the Good to Go, man. Everyone loves the greens. They love the, the fried chicken. Um, I don't know if Shane's is locally owned, Shane's Rip Shack, but that's that's one of my go- my my go tos. Um, golly, man, there's so many Milky Moves. Everybody loves Milky Moves. The sandwiches, the the, the ice cream, um, courses and cattle is awesome. We got a ton of them in Enterprise, man. Yeah, I'm going to, have to do it because you know I have made some trips recently because I'm a big movie guy. So when the one in Dothan AMC was not open, I was making a trip up the Enterprise to go to the movie theaters, even if it was just for older movies and. Uh, 
So now if I ever do make that trip to go see a moving enterprise again, I know some places I need to go and just going to throw it out there. If anybody's interested in sponsoring season three next year of the Wiregrass High School Football Report, y'all can hit me up at sportstalk.jordangmail.com. Had to do the selfless plug there, Josh. I had to do it. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) <laughs> anyways man i do appreciate you coming on and all year long just in case if we don't talk before the uh the playoffs and all that's over with uh which i'm sure we may converse on some other uh stuff i'm doing uh here in the off season but anyways i uh, appreciate you coming on but uh, before you go uh let people know where they can find you and uh check out the southeast sun it's always my pleasure uh follow me on twitter at josh Boutwell sun follow the facebook and twitter it's Facebook, the Southeast Sun, and it's at Southeast Sun on Twitter. We do live coverage of all Enterprise football games as well, most basketball games. Um, we'll definitely be covering the playoff game this weekend. Also, go to www.southeastsun.com. Check us out. All right, everybody, go check them out. They're all over the internet. And uh, Josh, once again, thank you, thank you for joining the show. And I look forward to talking to you again sometime down the road. It's my pleasure. Anytime. Thanks again to Josh Boutwell for coming on the show and talking about Enterprise and, of course, their upcoming matchup with Theodore at a 7A Region 1. They are the number one seed over there. They are 9-1 on the season. We went over all the stuff with that, where Enterprise won last year's game 28-27. And, of course, the winner will play Central Phoenix City and Fairhope. Looking at the rest of the Wiregrass teams playing in the playoffs in the first round this Friday, Stanhope Elmore will be at Eufaula. These two teams played in the regular season. Eufaula won 35-13 in that one. Stanhope Elmore holds the all-time series, though, 7-6, and the winner of this one will play Hueytown and Blunt. Got a few 5A teams in the area playing this Friday with Rehoboth at 7-3 playing Demopolis, who is 10-0 out of 5A Region 3, the number one seed there. Rehoboth is 0-1 all-time, but that matchup was back in 2005 where Demopolis won 42-7. The winner will play the winner between Faith Academy and Silicaga. Carroll, 3 and 6. They last two games were forfeits due to COVID reasons. They're playing at Selma, who is 6 and 4 out of 5A Region 3, where they are the two seed there. Carroll is 10 and 3 all time in the series, but the two teams have not played since 1991. Carroll won that matchup 32 to 22. The winner of this one will play St. Paul's Talladega winner. In Andalusia, they'll be a home team as they finish second place in 5A Region 2. They'll be playing Marlbury out of Region 3. who They are the number three there. The two have never actually met, so this will be the first time meeting, and you'll notice there will be a trend in me saying that with these playoff matchups. The winner will play Central Clay County or Satsuma, and I'm probably just butchered that name. I apologize if for some reason you're from there and you heard me say that, but that's who the winner of the Marlbury and Andalusia winner will play all right got two teams out of 4a in the wiregrass in the postseason you got geneva at four and six at american christian at 10 and 0 they are the region champs out of 4a region three these two have never met also uh, the winner will play mobile christian and the cherokee county winner dale county at seven and three will be at bibb county who's eight and two on a year they are at a 4a region three where they are the number two team there these two teams have only played once all time that was back in 2017 where bibb county won 41 to 12 the winner will play williamson or aniston now we have four teams out of 3a uh in the area that will be playing in the playoffs first up slocum region champions at nine and one nine game winning streak had a 
twenty to thirteen win over Geneva County on Friday night. They will host Southside Selma, who is six and four out of three A Region Three. These two teams have never met before, and the winner will play the winner between Trinity and Flomaton in the second round. Providence Christian at four and six will be at Montgomery Academy, who's ten and zero region champs out of three A Region Three. Another matchup of teams who have never met. That's the theme, especially here in the three A game. The winner of this one will play Hillcrest Evergreen or Pike County. Whitsburg at six and three. They came in in third place in three A Region Two. They'll play at Thomasville who came out second place in 3A Region 3 with an 8-1 record. Once again, these two teams have never met, and the winner will play either T.R. Miller or Dadeville. Greensboro 6-4 will be at Op 7-3, Op in the second in 3A Region 2. Uh, these two have never met, and the winner will play Catholic Montgomery or Bayside Academy. Now we drop in 2A. Of course, all these teams coming from 2A Region 2, where we had four teams make the playoffs. And actually, what it did, and Elba went six and four. You know, just you see that six and four record next to Elba, and Elba with their history, you're used to seeing them in the playoffs. It's just weird. But there were five playoff quality teams in two A region two, so this was a very tough region to get out of. In the first one, Abbeville region champions, they are eight and one on the year. They will host Thorsby, who is six and four at a two A region three. Uh, these two have never met. Uh, the winner will play BB Comer or St. Luke's. The team that finished fourth, Ayrton, at five and five, will go to. Isabella, who is number one in 2A Region 3. Uh, these two teams have never met. The winner will play Clark County or Randolph County. Number three team in 2A Region 2, Geneva County, at 7-3 on the year, will play at Highland Home, who is 6-4 on the year. Number two in 2A Region 3. Geneva County leads the all-time series 2-1. Their last matchup, though, was won by Highland Home 59-50 in 2017. The winner will play either Leroy or Lafayette. Laverne will be at GW Long. GW Long came in second in 2A Region 2. Laverne came in at third in 2A Region 3. Laverne 7-3 on the year. GW Long 8-1 on the year. Laverne leads the all-time series 4-1. But GW Long won the last matchup last year 28-13. The winner will play Lynette or J.U. Blackshear. Then we go to 1A. Florala, who finished third in 1A Region 1 at 8-2, will be at Notasauga. They are a 7-1 team. They were the two-seed out of 1A Region 4. These two teams have never met before. The winner will play Sweetwater or J.F. Shields. Billingsley at 5-5 will be at Brantley at 10-1. Brantley is the number one seed coming out of 1A Region 1. Billingsley is the number four seed coming out of 1A Region 4. Brantley is 2-1 all-time in the series, but the last time they played was 2014, and Billingsley came out victorious 20-14. The winner will play either Keefe or Fruitdale. And the last matchup in 1A involving a Wiregrass team. Sampson, who's the number four team out of 1A Region 1 at 6-3, will play at Maplesville. They are 8-2 on the year. They are the number one team out of 1A Region 4. Uh, these two have never met, and the winner will play either Millery or Central Haynesville. We'll jump into AISA Classification A, Region 1. Abbeville Christian at 8-2 will host... South Choctaw Academy, who is three and six on the year. Abbeville Christian leads the all-time series three to one in their last meeting in 2017. Abbeville Christian won 18 to 16. The winner of this one will play Jackson Academy or Lakeside. And that's going to do it for today's podcast, this week's edition. I really do appreciate you checking out the show. Once again, thank you to Josh Boutwell for being on as well. Remember, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts and 969thelegend.com. Uh, you can follow me on social media at pjordanscc. You can always email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail. 
com and uh, go check out Haunting of the Wiregrass as well. Great podcast done by Bethany. And uh, I guess that's going to do it for today. Hope everybody has a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.